Hey everybody, welcome to Swiping Vegas, where we discuss the topics that define dating in the modern world. Today's podcast is Interview with Kelly D. Christensen, Part 2. This is Episode 102. In this episode, we cover a multitude of topics. I think we have a better episode for you today. Uh, we cover things like pickup artistry, our hatred for small talk, NLP, giving up on dating apps, the value of studying your intentions, our movies on a first date a good idea, my budget for dates, some differences in dating younger and older people, the advantages and disadvantages of dating people with expiration dates, and how meeting people changes with age. So you're currently dating now? Well. <laughs> Where are you at? Are you in the free spirit kind of like I like to kind of meet people I, have fun? Um, I don't find dating fun. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people. Oh, do. my God. Horrible. I would like to because I'm all about fun. I wish I could see it as a fun thing. It's <laughs> just so not. And uh, trying to date to find a relationship is a new thing for me because I've never really had to search for that before as we've covered. It just always sort of happened naturally. So it's, it's a new thing for me. So it's very experimental. So I have tried dating apps and I have, you know, tried, um, I don't think I've ever been set up. I think people have told me like, Hey, you know, a, a couple of times where it's, you know, Oh, I think you'd be, you'd have fun with this guy or whatever. And then something wasn't right. Like I remember one specifically it, the age gap was way too much. It was like, he looked very cute online, but it was like, he was like 21 or 22 or something. And that's just too much of an age gap for me. I, I feel it, it's not going to work. Like, <laughs> but, and it's not for lack of like trying with someone who was much younger than me. Um, around 22. So it's about a 10 year age gap. It's not for a lack of trying. It's just I, now that I've tried it, I understand that it's. So what, what do you find the most challenging mm. you're dating someone in their, in their young twenties? Uh, it's, it's How do you feel? different mentality. Well, I feel fine about it. It's not like, um, well, there was one guy that I met that was 22 and he's, very sweet. And he lives in, in Atlanta. So it was one of those things where it's like, let's just maybe see if this could go somewhere. Cause it's not too crazy, you know? And, uh, and I'm really, really, I, I don't like obstacles. So I'm like, no, I'll make it work. Like whatever the obstacle is, like, I don't, I don't see that necessarily, but I don't think that he gets that he needs to invest a bit for me to stay interested. Cause it would be like, I remember we had this conversation. I was, I told him, I convinced him to download the app Marco Polo, which if you don't know, if whoever's listening doesn't know, it's a, um, like a video chat app, but it's pretty cool because your videos can be longer as long as you want. So it's not like Snapchat. Like everyone has Snapchat. I don't have a Snapchat or I have one. I don't use it. I was forced into it, but I don't use it. And Marco Polo is cool because it feels like you're actually talking to the person Right. And it's okay. awesome. So I convinced him to download that. And then he was sending me like five second videos. And I was like, what am I going to do with this? Like, what am I supposed to do with a five second video? Are you like, it felt eventually like he was expecting me to do all the work and like, let's get to know each other. So I don't know if that's an age thing or if that's um, just a he thing or if just wasn't meant to be or whatnot. But um, I just can't. I mean, I'm not going to like do all the work for you. <laughs> right, right. 
So, um, you have to be like interested in wanting to like be around me and get to know me and like excited about me. And unfortunately for the dating pool, that was one thing that one of the two flings that I mentioned, actually both of them, but one specifically that I fell super, super hard for. He did that so well. He was, I mean, literally when I felt like the only person in the room, I felt like the only person in the room. Um, he wanted to know everything about me and it felt um, amazing and it felt really cool. And in turn, I wanted to know everything about him and it just felt like how it's supposed to feel when you're like that connected to someone. And how, how old is this person? Uh, he was 39. Okay. So he's much older. Yes. Right. Well, not that much older than me, but you know, much older than 22, much older than 22. Yeah. yeah so I guess that could definitely be attributed to age where I guess, you know, if you're 39, you definitely went without any dating apps, any Facebook, any sort of online connection with people for quite a long time, longer than I did. So he's, you know, learned how to really like truly connect with someone uh, and it really paid off. So it's, it's one of those things where I don't know if it's this myth that a lot of people believe of like, oh, if I act too interested, she's going to get bored or same with girls. So if I'm too interested, he's going to get scared off. Yeah. I don't a, think that's true. <laughs> huge, huge. Like everyone's afraid. Afraid. Yeah. Yeah. Of acting too interested. And man, I'm telling you, I've experienced the exact opposite where I, I mean, he wouldn't take his eyes off me and I couldn't take my eyes off him. And it was like, the interest was apparent and obvious and could not be ignored. And I've never felt better. And unleashed. Completely. And there was a definite lack of fear because it couldn't last. It couldn't go anywhere. Um, he's in the Air Force and he lives in DC. So it's not like anything could have possibly come of it seriously right now. So maybe that liberated us a bit. Um, but I, I really just, I, I really wish more people would just be like more forward and honest when they're really genuinely interested in each other, because it just like, that's when like the sparks fly. So unfortunately for anyone that I try to date right now, the bar is set pretty damn high because I know that it's possible. It's not like I have this fantasy in my head of how I want a guy to act or treat me like this Prince Charming. It's like, no, I have like lived it, breathed it, felt it, experienced it. So I know that it's possible. And like, that's my bar. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what's really intimidating about dating older women is that mm. they've lived life. They know, they kind of know what they want and they don't want to waste time, mm -hmm. you know, and they're not gullible. It's like, there's a huge difference when you're dating older women versus mm. older men or older, um, you know, people who have aged and like, they have their careers, they're independent, you know, and they're mm -hmm. kind of like really kind of out of the, I mean, would you say you're out of your party phase? Are you still, you'd like to party, go oh, to clubs God, and no, stuff? I love, well, I don't really, I hate going to clubs now. Um, but I really think that's a Vegas thing because I mean, last year, last year or the year before, I think I went to Houston and I was supposed to dance at this festival. And that was when the like hurricanes were destroying Mexico and like it went through Houston. So the festival got canceled and we couldn't do it. Um, but we had to stay in Houston and we all just went out. So we went to the nightclubs and like the DJs who were supposed to perform at the festival were performing at these nightclubs. And I had a ball 
I mean, I had a blast and I think it's the music and the vibe. Um, the nightclubs in Vegas, I've never experienced otherwise where you go in and it feels very pretentious. It feels like everyone's, um, trying to put on this image of, I don't know. It's like looking around, like going back to like, no one's actually having any fun. It's just all ego. Ego. Yeah, absolutely. So it's definitely not any fun. And the other thing about it is that I know that, um, at the, the corporate level or the management level or whatnot, they control what DJs play, even world-class DJs, um, Skrillex, his sets controlled because they want to hear, they want him to play top 40 stuff. That's not even his, because they know that it'll get the crowd going and it's bullshit. (laughs) I hate it. So it's, um, it's not a vibe that I, that I like. I, but I do love going out still, but what I've found to replace that sort of missing piece of my party girl life is, um, going out to live bands. I've found local bands and who are very close friends of mine that are incredible. It blows my mind every time I go to one of their shows. Um, and, um, so I just have fallen, fallen in love with going out to live band shows and going out with my circle of friends that I love to death. And we go bowling and we, you know, drink too much and we eat too much and we just laugh all night. And I love it. I love them. And I love doing literally anything with my friends circle. So I definitely still party. It's just different. (laughs) And I love it. I love going out and I love going on silly all nighters. And yeah, it definitely still is a part of me. I, I hope that it doesn't go away. Yeah. Like I, I remember when I was in, like when I was in Marine Corps in San Diego and that's when I first started going to like live bands and shows mm. and I saw like Crazy Town and like mm-hmm. Papa Roach oh, and cool. Caviar. Like I saw, that was an amazing period in my life and I loved it. And that was the thing. That was the big thing. Like all they played in the clubs were, was hip hop at that mm-hmm. period of time. Like EDM wasn't, didn't exist. It was right. like an underground thing. Only If you want right. to listen to EDM you would go to the raves yes, and we went yes. to a million raves. Like we were Marines, <laughs> you know, we weren't supposed to be doing that thing, but dude, we just couldn't get enough. Yeah. You know, we would drive yeah. to LA every weekend. We oh, went cool. to a lot of like really shady places, you know, yeah. you know, but yeah. you know, that was the whole thing. So there was that. And then the mainstream mm-hmm. was like the hip hop R&B clubs, which yep. was like, and it wasn't really all that big. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't anywhere near as big as a moneymaker as it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's huge industry. I went back down to San Diego, uh, not recently. And then I saw pictures and now they have all the rooftop clubs yeah. with the pools and the day of the day clubs and mm-hmm. everything just like Vegas. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, I thought Vegas was the only place that had that, mm-hmm. you know? So the industry is really different, but like, I'm really nostalgic about seeing live bands mm-hmm. and, uh, that whole environment, you know, going to the rock shows and all that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. I haven't really done it much in Vegas, mm-hmm. you know, but I didn't, didn't realize there was a scene. You come with that. me sometime. It's, yeah. oh my God. Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of my friends are really into doing folk music. Um, but it's like rock folk and it's really cool. And, um, a couple of friends who do sort of alternative rock and just indie rock and, um, some R and B is mixed in there as well. They're extremely talented. So my favorite thing now is original. So how would you describe like the crowd at like these shows? Uh, every, they- everyone knows everyone pretty much. Um, cause it's all, 
pretty small. Like you said, like you didn't know about it. Most people don't know about it. So it'll be at like local bars, like the biggest venue I think any of my friends have ever played at is uh, Brooklyn Bowl opening up for someone. So it's, that's a little bit bigger. Um, and I've gone to some great, great shows at Brooklyn Bowl. This is totally turning into a shameless plug and it's not meant to be. <laughs> but, well, I mean, you know, that's going to happen. But, then, um, you know, hopefully yeah. we get to go to these places. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Brooklyn Bowl is incredible. Their sound is amazing. And they've had some really cool. I just saw Catfish in the Bottleman was a show that I went to at Brooklyn Bowl that my friends knew about. And I had never heard of this band before, but I was like, well, I trust your guys's, you know, choice in music. And it was incredible. So yeah, that's my new favorite thing is just live music, live bands, and especially original bands. I, I love it. It's just a special place in my heart for people that like haven't made it yet and should be out there and like are just doing their thing and following their dream and making it happen. There's an energy that's so intoxicating about that. It's very cool. So you say you go out and you spend a lot of time with like your friends and all that. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you find it, do you find yourself meeting people just as easy as when meeting new people just as easy when you're younger or is it harder now? That's a great question. Actually, no, I don't. It's, it's, um, and I have noticed that it's like a thought that's kind of been percolating in my head where it's like, you know what? I'm not really meeting new people and I'm not necessarily, I'm not necessarily open to that when I'm out with my friends because I'm just having so much fun with them that like the, the desire to meet other new people is not, is not quite there. And actually maybe that's a trust thing. I'm not sure because if it's like a new person that someone in the group knows, then great. Welcome aboard. Awesome. Let's go have some fun. But like new, new people, it, it might actually be a trust like thing. Like randos. Yeah. No. That I, I think, I think yeah. really it's the effort that it takes. It takes so much effort to meet a new person, hmm. you know, and then someone just walks up to you in a bar and you're like, what are you doing here? Like, I got to talk to you. You know, like, you gotta do, <laughs> we got to do small talk and then I got to like seem interested. Oh, I and hate, like, dude, hate I'm so- small talk. Oh God. I hate small talk. And it's, I've never, I've never started anything good that started with small talk ever. Like how's the weather, you know, oh wow, it's, it's pretty chilly outside, you know, like, Like, I mean, and I know it takes a lot to, to approach someone, especially if you're interested in them. And I, I, I'll tell you a little anecdote. I was out with a couple of good guy friends and we were on the strip in front of the Bellagio fountains. And that's important later. And I'll tell you why, because, um, my friend um, was just, I think he was probably kidding, but he might've been half serious. He was like, Hey, be my wing woman tonight. And I was like, okay, let's do this. Like, fine. And so I was like, okay, how do we do this? And he's like, okay, I'll pick girls. And then like, you get them to come talk to me. And I was like, okay. And so the reason the Bellagio fountain is important is because this is not like a social area. Right. <laughs> you don't stop like to tourists talk. taking pictures. Yeah. Or walking to another location. Like you don't stop to talk to someone. It's not like a bar where you expect people right. to come socialize with you. So <laughs> I didn't take that into account though. It just sounded like fun. So uh, he goes, okay. So he picks two girls like walking towards us and they're walking at a quick pace. So it's like, obviously they're headed somewhere. So I had like a second and I kind of 
jumped in front of them a little bit. <laughs> Thank God it wasn't a guy. They probably would have like punched me or something. And immediately I panicked internally and said, hey, where are you guys from? <laughs> <laughs> and then knew immediately that that is the worst thing you can say to like, a girl. What is she going to sell me? What? Yeah. It's the worst thing. Whenever, if someone asks me where I'm from, I immediately go fuck off. Like I just don't, <laughs> it's a small talk thing. And I immediately knew that I'd made a huge mistake. And I went, Oh, like I started, I was like, Oh God damn it. And I started laughing and then I just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> and they probably thought it was completely insane. Like, wh what just it's happened? Like, Welcome to Vegas. <laughs> My friend is just dying laughing. And I'm like crying laughing at this point because it was so ridiculous. And it, but it really actually, he, uh, my other friend, he goes, it's not that easy, is it? I was like, no, it's not that. Jeez. Like I had, I really had never experienced actual panic and then just <laughs> said the dumbest thing I could have said. <laughs> so it was really funny. So I know that it's extremely difficult to initiate a conversation with someone, especially when you have the intention of like, I maybe want to take you home later or I maybe want to take you out on a date. Like it's, it's so hard. You really do have to work at it. Right. Yeah. It's a skill you got to practice. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So there's, there's that. Um, and, and I think from the, I really think there's like something to that, like boredom with small talk. Like everyone hates small talk. Right. Let's be like honest. Like no one wants to talk about the weather, but how do you spark an interesting conversation? Yeah. How do you find what you have in common with this random person you've never met? And then and the reality is, is like, you know, that I found is that you don't really have, I mean, odds are you're not going to have anything in common. You know, like it's, it's, it's rare when you find somebody, when you find someone that you have something in common with. Mm. I, yeah, I think that that's probably true. And I don't necessarily think it's a make, it's a make or break deal either. If you don't right. have much in common I mean, with the, the chemistry person, is there. at least the chemistry is there. Yeah. And the actually commonality and I don't think things in common equals compatibility at all. I really don't. Um, because I've had a, extreme chemistry and extreme compatibility before with people that we really didn't have a lot in common, especially, I mean, even as deep as like belief systems stem. So I, I really don't think that, that that really matters. I think as long as you are just really interested in like who the person is and like getting them to talk about things that excite them and things that interest them or just things that are interesting in general, then that that's really the key to like having an interesting conversation is not being attached to the outcome of like, you know, let's find everything we have in common or let's see where this right. goes. It's like, okay, okay. Who are you as a person? Like what's, what are you all about? And then as long as they're not like well, completely I mean, selfish, yeah, they'll but, probably return yeah, the favor. How, how hard is it? Cause I mean, that's, I mean, obviously like I want to know what this person's all about, but then I'm like, so what are your goals? <laughs> what are your aspirations? Where do you see yourself in five years? It becomes like a job interview. Totally, you know? totally. It can. It and can totally. I think the most that. natural, the most natural one is especially like I said, it's a skill mm -hmm. and you develop it. And then you become and then you have to become detached from the outcome, like you said. Yeah. And the mm -hmm. only way to approach this is that you can't give a 
rat's ass, what happens? You totally, know? So, totally. So that allows, that frees you up so you can have fun. Mm-hmm. And then you mm-hmm. go out and you have fun. Yeah. And then, then you start doing random things. Yes. You know, like you can like walk to a girl and be like, what do you think of that guy over there? Yeah. What if I told you he was a serial killer? Yeah. You know, maybe not a serial killer, but you know, but that's what fun. if I told you he was a clown, you know, or something, you know, just yeah. random stuff, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you're just having fun mm-hmm. and then you're adding personality and all that stuff, you know, and that's, that's, that's where it goes. But the thing is, is that for some reason, society has like programmed us with this social construct mm. of like how to be polite mm-hmm. and how to be like, everything's so structured and like we shake hands and everything's. So as far as creativity goes and mm-hmm. as far as like being natural and kind of out, it's just like, it's, it's like not part of normal culture. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's really difficult for people. I agree. Uh, and you said the word creativity. And I think that that is absolutely key in being successful and getting to know someone because it's like when you just take away the structure and the outcome. So in the, the two very intense, successful things that I did have, they were, the interactions were not once boring, not once dry or small talky at all. Like it was just the, the creativity and the conversation was there. It was just like this, whoa, like, who are you as a person? This is so much fun. And it was just so liberating. And I think that it, like I said before, like the outcome could not end up in a relationship. So it was like, well, let's just right. be completely ourselves. There's let's not, not hold back. Exactly. And yeah. This is leading me to a subject in my mind that I totally want to talk about. What do you think of pickup artistry? Oh, I studied that. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. I got deep in it. I spent, I spent a ton of money on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's trash. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the whole thing is, okay. So, okay. There's a value in it. There is a value in it. There's a value in it. The value in it is that it provides, uh, well, I mean, obviously guys, girls don't need, I mean, some girls play. I think student. they should study it actually. Yeah, but, I, I do. I not, yeah. not even as a defense mechanism, but I think that, um, I, I think girls should kind of study and I, and I do, I have listened to sort of like charm or like pickup artistry podcasts and talks and everything for, for girls. Yeah. It, it allows guys to build um, the tools that they need to be able to approach and talk to women and start conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, one experience is that there's the whole concept of negging. You know, you go up mm-hmm. to them and you're mm-hmm. like, oh man, are you sure you really wanted to wear that shirt out tonight? Right. You know, that's horrible. Yeah. So I tried it's it awful. for a long time. And I, and I just became like, I, when I talked to people about it, like when I was in college, I had an asshole phase mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, girls like the asshole. Like, mm-hmm. oh, he's challenging, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. No, the girl's like the guy who has high self value. Yes. Who knows his value and doesn't really allow anybody to kind of like knock down his value. And that be, that presents a challenge to women. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean go out and be an asshole. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and that, 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 um, that tactic of negging it, it's, it's almost like a substitute, like, like having a cigarette when you're actually hungry, you know, it, it sets off the same signal in your brain of a challenge but right. it's a negative challenge. It's not a good challenge. It doesn't give you, you don't get warm value. fuzzies. You right. know? Yeah. There's definitely a lot of good stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I subscribed to one series and I spent like a thousand dollars or something on it and it's good, you know, but really what I found is that, and it's hard. Everyone says, be yourself, 
be natural. Mm. Don't care, <laughs> you know? And, and no matter what you do, any pickup artist uh, program, they're all going to say the, essentially the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, you need to practice. Practice makes per- perfect. Mm-hmm. Eventually you become comfortable and then it's no, no longer an issue anymore. Once you become comfortable in your own skin, out talking, being social, then you gain those qualities that people find attractive mm-hmm. because people don't like to be stressed out. Mm-hmm. And when people are around you, they don't want to be stressed out. So if they sense that you're going to be stressed out, then they don't really want to be around you. Since that's like the whole free spiritness, you know, that's people find that very attractive because, mm-hmm. you know, people don't want to worry and they want to find people who aren't worried about things. Right. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I think, um, the value from those programs, cause I have listened to them. I have um, friends who have taken them and, and applied the techniques and, and all that. It's, it's valuable because it definitely teaches guys to specifically how to deflect any sort of like negativity or insults. Um, and that that's valuable and it does teach you like how to get out there and just get comfortable with it and be confident. And even if it starts off in a negative way of like, or it turns into an addiction, because it can absolutely turn into addiction of like, I'm just bringing home girls every single night um, and getting high off of that, um, you know, whatever that, that feeling it's, it, it still does have value. It's, and I, and I agree with that, but I just, um, and I, I, but my point was, is I think it stemmed from that whole, like, okay, well, everyone's bored with small talk. So now what, like, what now do we do now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, I do think it's cool. Cause it does teach you how to sort of be unique, but I think you should eventually come around to like the, how to be uniquely you, what, what feels right for you? Do you, do you feel really douchey when you're saying a certain thing? You probably should not say that thing then. Like, let's figure out something else. Um, and even I do that too. Like, you know, I'll hear something and be like, oh, that sounds really cool. Heard a line in a movie. Let me try it out. And it sounds so bad. And I'm just like, oh, that was, that was awful. Well, trying, there's nothing wrong with trying out new things. <laughs> no, there's not. There's yeah. definitely not. And then as far as pickup artistry goes, there's one type of pickup artistry that I'm not sure if it's popular anymore, but it's using um, something called NLP. Yes. Neuro linguistic programming. Oh, God. You know, and essentially what this is, is that you create mm-hmm. imagery in people's heads. Like, if I tell you a story, like, okay, so imagine that you're sitting um, on a farm on the patio and the sun's coming up. It's still, the crows are squawking in the, the trees and, you know, and then you can feel the warmth of the sun on your face and you can smell, you know, the flowers in the air. So what I just did right there is that I took complete control of your brain and made you imagine something. Mm-hmm. And since our brains can't distinguish between what's imagined and what's real, you just experienced something. So what an LP pickup artist, when they use NLP, what they do is they try to like one good thing. Well, I mean, not a good thing. It's just like, imagine what it was like when, you know, you first fell for somebody, that feeling, you know, what it felt like inside, you know, mm-hmm. how did, how did it make your body feel, you know? Mm-hmm. So what they're doing is they're hijacking your brain. And they'll and correlate trying, that feeling Right. To and then, them. then mm-hmm. they associate, you know, and you mm-hmm. make associations. And then some guys will actually try to like um, use the, the whole Pavlov dog, like they'll touch you on your arm whenever they create like a feeling or a sensation, whatever, and then they touch you on the arm. And then whenever they touch you on the arm, mm-hmm. you know, then you'll get that response, even though 
the conditions for that response aren't present. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, and there's truth to it. This is real. This is oh, a yeah. real thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, and uh, I don't really see harm in it. I mean, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. It provides an experience. But as far as I'm concerned, it just takes way too much work. Because you're essentially a hypnotist. Totally. You know, and you're hypnotizing mm -hmm. people, you know, because it's, the NLP works on the exact same uh, model of, of hypnotherapy, mm -hmm. you know, which is uh, hypnotherapy is real and mm -hmm. it works in case you guys were wondering, but it only works for some people. It doesn't work for everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to be open to it. And I, and I do think that that's why it works in like bars and clubs and everything is because it's, you know, well, I wouldn't say clubs cause nobody can hear you talk. Well, that's true. <laughs> well, I, I've had friend, a friend who like goes out and doesn't some, one of some of the challenges I've heard is don't say a word and pick up a girl. And that was like, challenges that have worked for friends of mine. And I'm like, Sounds well, it's very, got to be creative there. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's probably easier because you're not saying anything. The, you know what? That's actually <laughs> think about like, it. Like, you know, what's that saying about, um, it's better to keep your mouth shut than be perceived a fool. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it can work. Um, but I want to ask you this question because I, I'm curious, has it ever, do you, do you feel, do you find yourself feeling resentful towards the girls that it works on? Um, no. no. Okay. Well, I mean, what's okay. So would you perceive them as a victim? Um, in a sense, because I really am a huge proponent of being totally honest about intentions and when it, when an attraction is sparked, whether it's completely natural or, um, or it's a skill that you've picked up, which I don't think there's anything wrong with picking up the skill of sparking attraction. Uh, but I do think there's definitely something inherently wrong with leading someone to believe that your intentions are different than they actually are. And so I think that there's, there would be, I would just love it if all pickup artists after the attraction is sparked, just said, Hey, like, I just want you to know, like, I want to have fun tonight, maybe the next night, maybe the night after, but this probably isn't going to go anywhere like serious. Cause I'm just not in that place. That sounds so hard though. Like that sounds like the complete opposite of something any guy should ever say. It's not though. It's so not, I promise. Like I, I just, please, please hear me when it's so not the opposite. If that's where you're at, if you think that maybe, I don't know, I could see this going somewhere like other the whole than douchebag thing. I only want to fuck you a few times and let's just do that. No, but what's so much worse <laughs> is leading I someone to believe you. that yeah. no, not marriage. Cause I mean, anyone who wants to marry you after the first night is probably crazy <laughs> or need, I'm sorry. Like maybe just not quite so what you're saying is there, you want that stress relief, you know, like, like just don't, it's, it's just a way of lying. I think if you lead someone to believe that this could actually really, really be a thing when it, to you, it's just a game. And, and I also on top of that, believe that, um, if I'm putting this out there as a challenge to anyone working on pickup artistry please, I challenge you to just have that little bit of honesty and find a way to say it in a way that's not threatening. Because if you go backwards, you really, you know, in my history, that guy, the first guy that I spent time with after my first boyfriend, he was completely honest about his intentions. And I was too. And I almost didn't, you know, want to hang out with him because I was like, I don't want anything 
serious. It didn't even occur to me that he might not either. And our intentions were totally aligned. And whoa, miraculous. We had a great time and I don't hate him. I don't have any resentments toward it not turning into a thing because guess what? He was honest. And I really, really, really dig for that honesty with anyone that I'm interested in, because if you're just real about it and I, I get, I, I don't know. I, I've been told that I'm more open than most girls. I don't believe that. I think most girls are being sick of, or sick of being lied to or sick of being led down a path. They didn't want to go down because they didn't know it was on the other side. Um, so let me ask you this. Do you believe pickup artistry is a form of manipulation? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, yeah, definitely yeah. is. Yeah. And is manipulating people wrong? Not always. Um, I do believe there's persuasion. And it, actually, it may be better to say that it's a form of persuasion and that it can turn into a form of manipulation. Um, and I do think that when it becomes, I don't know if, if you, if you're ever making a a girl or a guy feel bad about themselves, Oh, right. Of course. Just so that they'll feel vulnerable. I know that there's, um, there's a lot to pick up artistry that that's valid and that's great, which is teaching you to be confident and comfortable in your own skin. And that's amazing, but there's a huge part of it that teaches you how to make a girl feel vulnerable and then vie for your um, approval. And I think that's very wrong. I think that's very, very wrong. It's, it's so, it's almost cruel because <laughs> it's, I felt that before and it feels so awful because I didn't know like what had happened and I didn't, I wasn't aware of all this. So it was like, that feeling is awful, especially when you're a confident person already, you don't even know what happened. And you're just, you don't know why you're feeling rejected all of a sudden. It's just like your instincts just go off Um, and it feels terrible. So that part of it, I just highly disagree with making someone feel not safe is entirely wrong, I think. Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But that's part of that. So it's, that part is absolutely wrong. It's all about the feels. Yeah. Just, and I've always, like the guys I feel the safest around, man, I just... I don't even care what happens afterwards because I'm just so grateful for feeling so safe with them that it's just like, it's, you know, like anything is possible. Like, cool. Like it's, I'm just fully able to be myself. And those are the guys that get all of me. And I promise to anyone who's wondering if you are, make a woman feel safe, she will give you a hundred percent. And that's probably what you're after. Whether so you want to so hit the gym, guys, not. get those muscles and you can make them feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> eh, no. <laughs> no. No. That's not the answer. It's not the answer. <laughs> All right. So, so let's get back to like present dating, okay. you know, like, uh. So you're going out to the bars and the, sh- the shows and all yeah. that stuff. And you're finding it difficult to kind of meet people when you go out. Yeah. Cause you know? I'm not there for that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so what have you been, so you've, have you been, you know, bumbling around on Tinder and uh, okay. Cupid. I, I mean, yeah, I gave up on Tinder cause I've just found that it's just, well, I've, I've actually given up on all dating apps. Unfortunately, I've just never had a good experience on them. 
I've had you and probably 60% of everybody else. Yeah. Well, and I know people that it's worked for that are very happy with the results, um, attached or unattached. And so that's great. But for me, it has never yielded good results. What doesn't work for you about it? Um, the fact that, like you said before, you cannot gauge chemistry through a phone or a photo or a conversation, even through texting. Uh, conversational chemistry is completely different than sexual chemistry. So that's the biggest part that does not work. Cause I know immediately when I have sexual chemistry with someone and then, so if we're talking and having a good conversation and then we meet in person and there is zero sexual chemistry, I get, I, I feel bad. Cause it's like, that's not your fault <laughs> and right. you can't do anything about that really. I mean, you can, but that's a whole nother conversation. That's kind of the pickup artistry conversation. Um, chemistry, I do think can be cultivated, but I just prefer if it was immediate because it's right. the best. <laughs> it's right. like awesome. Um, then I'm naturally flirty and excited and I want to make it work and I want it to be fun. So that's just always the best when it's been, I've never, ever, ever um, been able to gauge that online. Cause I just think it's impossible and compatibility is different. So, okay, Cupid, lets you gauge compatibility through you answer like 500 questions about yourself and then the person does the same and then they match you up based on compatibility of your answers. And so that's cool. And I've been out with a guy who had like 98 percentile compatibility with me, but like immediately I was like, I don't, I don't feel anything. Yeah. Just like dead. (laughs) Yeah. Just no. And, um, he was a really sweet guy. It was one of those where I sort of gave it a couple chances. Cause I was like, he's a really good guy. And maybe eventually <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> I just, it didn't last that long. I broke it off of him and he, I could tell he was upset, but I was just like, I just, you know, I want you, you should be with someone that wants to jump your bones like every second of the right. day. And I want to be with someone who I feel that way towards. So it's just not, let's not drag this out any longer. You know, it's not fair. Um, so that's my problem with dating apps is that exact thing is there's it's impossible. You have to meet the person in person. And every single time that I've tried it, it's been a fail of like zero, zero feelings whatsoever. Sad face. Sad face. (laughs) Yeah. So I think what, you know, what you describe is essentially where everyone's at and people become very frustrated and they try the present model that they sell us and then they just become disillusioned. You know, they, Hmm. they, you know, they sell you like, Hey, you get to pick who you want. They're going to like you back, Mm. you know? And then you see all this, you know, that's the fantasy of Mm -hmm. like, Hey, you know, this is going to happen. And then we're going to chat and then, want to talk and meet people. But the thing is that first of all, the biggest problem is that it creates the, the problem of choice. Like where you have a million people and you think you have the opportunity to like, like pick and mm-hmm. like just spin the wheel and like pick one. Yeah. yeah. Then, like you can pick, but the thing is, is those people might, might not pick you or whatever. True. You know? mm-hmm. And um, so you go through all that, like, Oh, these girls are really hot. And I like these girls. I want to meet these girls. And chances mm. are like, you meeting them. No, that's not mm. really going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you get, so immediately you're just like, you feel rejection, mm-hmm. you know, if we're, if we're guys, for guys, you know, mm-hmm. because girls get spammed, their inboxes get spammed, yeah. you know, and it's just like, mm-hmm. well, who, who's not a douchebag? And, you know, you have to like, kind of like, you know, and then the, re- the reality is, is that the people who are out there on the market, 
you know, are out there on the market for a reason, mm-hmm. you know? Oh my God. Yes. I realized that very, it came to that conclusion and it, and especially where it's like, okay, if you're not out actually meeting people in your life and you're on a dating app and this is just what I've ran into, I realized that every single person that I sort of decided to give a chance to meeting through an app, they were on that app for a reason. <laughs> and it's either, you know, I just want to, the easiest hookup I can find, or it's, I really don't know how to talk to women like at all and make them feel good. So it's, there was that issue. Yeah. Yep. Unfortunately. Um, but I do think that they've, they can have value. I know that, you know, if you're, I think that if you're just looking for easy hookup, no strings attached, it's really easy to just like, be like that person's hot. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's, let's go. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. So let's say it's a guy put on their profile and they were like, um, looking for a quick, you know, just some quick fun. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You think that's going to work? I I think it could absolutely work. It wouldn't work for me right now because that's not the stage that I'm in. Right. You know, but absolutely it can totally work. Um, So the guys who've been thinking about doing that are afraid to do that. You know, because the thing is, is like, because guys swipe, swipe, swipe. Yeah. And then they see not looking for a hookup, not looking for a hookup, not looking for a hookup, not looking for a hookup. Mm-hmm. So the guys are just like, all right, so I just can't say I'm looking for a hookup. Oh no, you totally can. And that's can. why, <laughs> I think that's why guys are like really trying to hide their intentions sure. is because they think that they're just not going to get anywhere like that. You know? Well, you'll never get to where you want to be if you hide your intentions and you may, it may take a little longer or you might have to weed through some people. But if you're, if you're never honest about your intentions, you're never going to find what you're looking for. Just in the same way that if you meet someone and you're looking for a relationship and you're not honest about that, like, how are you ever going to find that? It's just going to happen magically. Like, no, you should be honest and upfront about your intentions. You should find a way to say it that doesn't throw people off because you know, that there is an artistry in how you say things where you can make them. Yeah, yeah, totally. Just, you know what? Hey, um, I'm a fun guy looking for a fun partner. I don't know. Partner in crime, short term. Well, it's a sale. I mean, like dating apps, dating apps is just a sales pitch. And then then you just, just to get them on a date, you know, so you can meet and then figure out if you have chemistry. Mm -hmm. Which I've, heard, I haven't tried this cause I just gave up on dating apps, but I heard like, you know, the whole like 15 minute date thing where you're just like, if you've never met the person before you decide, Hey, well let's meet up for one drink and that's it. That way it's like not threatening because I've decided to meet up with a person and like go see a movie and then I had to just sit through an entire <laughs> movie with this person. Yeah, but did just- you want to see the movie? Yeah, but it was okay. <laughs> yeah, it was okay. It was passengers yeah. in case anyone's wondering. <laughs> the whole movie, the, 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 oh, oh, all right. Well, never mind. <laughs> it's going to be really awkward. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the whole movie thing is like, it's, I think it's okay to see a movie on a first date, but you have to meet up beforehand Before, and yes. talk and chat, yes. you know, cause I've seen many movies by myself and essentially totally. when I'm seeing a movie with somebody, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I'm seeing the movie by myself and then there's this stranger I can look at and see if they laugh or see how they react or sure. whatever, you know, but yeah, it's like, it's whatever. Yeah. I think they're not a terrible first date. I just it's it's probably it's, it's probably I like movies. I'm fine with it, but I it's not movies. recommended at all. No, I mean, not at all. You know, no. And 
and that's the thing, dating ideas and everybody wants to be, you know, unique and individual and all that stuff, you know, but a lot of girls, it seems that, you know, it's just like, Oh, like I'm just texting like lots of girls mm-hmm. and it hasn't even, it hasn't worked yet, but I'm just like, Hey, let's get smoothies, you know? Hey, let's, let's get smoothies. And you're just like, what, what kind of girl do you think I'm going to like take time out of my day just to get smoothies? No, you got to take me to dinner. You get like, that response. Like totally. Like, yeah. I've gotten oh that my response. God. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. See, that would, I would be like, Oh, okay. <laughs> like, cool. Yeah. Right. Well, because the thing is, if I the interest is way. there, I think if the interest is there, if the interest is there, then, then, you know, they're not going to have an issue, you know, or the person, the kind of person that you're going to want to, you know, uh, you know, hang out with is the person that's going to kind of be like, not really have any stress or not just mm-hmm. be kind of down for whatever mm-hmm. and just kind of go with it. You know? So there's a lot of people out there. They're just, they're just really angry. Anger. You know? Yeah. Anger is a huge thing. That, or that response sounds very, very angry. And it sounds like a response that's coming from a place of, you know what I have been um, taken advantage of in the past and seen as this girl who can just be, you know, treated as a, just a friend and I'll stick around and no, you have to show me more investment than that. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that mentality because I had to come to that place as well. But there's absolutely a way to say that again, in a way that's not threatening. <laughs> um, like, I'm, but if you've never met the person before, I mean, Jesus Christ, smoothies yeah. is gr- cool, please, because or I don't tea. even I know do if I'm going to like you. <laughs> You know, and then there's another girl that, uh, and obviously these are the girls that stand out, mm-hmm. you know, you know, but it's just like, I was just like, Hey, let's go get some drinks. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what kind of girl do you think I am? You know? And I'm just like, well, obviously not the kind of girl that gets drinks. Obviously not. Yeah. I mean, are you, know? you like, are you sober? Like what's going on there? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. and then there's a the thing, like I've recently tried, I'm trying to be as sober as I possibly can, mm-hmm. you know? So when I go out, it's kind of like. It's like, well, I don't want to drink. I don't want to like seem, you know, like I'm not fun and all this other stuff. But yeah. anyway, that's a whole other ball of wax. You know, but but um, there's always a way. And that's what I, I, I think a lot of people run into. Um, everyone has their obstacles where it's like, oh, I don't have like right. a lot of money. I can't take a girl out right. to a nice meal. Well, you can get creative and you can, if you've met before, please don't do this. Like on the first day, you can make her a nice meal. You know, there's always, if you really want to be romantic, um, and I find what helps too is kind of compartmentalizing like what, okay, what's the feel that I want? Do I want this to be like romantic and like, you know, like Disney movie where we're just staring into each other's (laughs) eyes and we can't look away. Okay, cool. Then either take me out to a nice candlelit meal or make one because you can make like, ravioli for $5 and light some candles and put on some music. And any girl who like doesn't think that that's good enough probably isn't the right one for you. So just like move on. The message is, and here's the thing I've spent like, um, my budget is a hundred dollars for a day. Um, and, uh, if I feel like I go on a date. I love that you like have a budget for a date. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) It's really cool. I feel like if I go out on a date and I come in under a hundred dollars gravy, Mm-hmm. You know, and as long as I'm doing, as long as I'm eating something I want to eat mm-hmm. or I'm doing something I want to do, you know, and I'm not going to feel bad about it. Totally. You know, then I just have some company, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's the way, that's the way I approach it. And, mm-hmm. um, and you're not going out of the way and that way you don't feel like you're exploited, you know, cause I, I went one day I went, I met this like 22 year old girl and we met out for day drinking at a bar. Like, first of all, the first thing we did is we went and we ate 
at this amazing hot dog place, a dirty dirt dog, I think, or whatever. Uh-huh. Yep. And uh and I was like, this is really cool. I would totally want to do this. And mm-hmm. so, you know, did that. And then we went to the, like, the bar next door. And then we ended up drinking for like six hours. Awesome. And like hanging out and mm-hmm. everything. And we had we had a great time. And then there were like some really, really red flaggy, strange moments. Um Okay. You know, but she was essentially like there the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um and then kind of towards the end, um, I was describing like my past relationship with the narcissist and she, and then she, then she kind of like tilts her head and she, she contemplates it and she's like, yeah, you know, it's a, that kind of explains my relationship with my, with my, with my ex. You know, I'm always wondering what's, what do I get out of it? And what do I, you know, what, you know, how am I going to benefit? And it's always about me. And, you know, and it's like, yeah, that kind of describes me. So it turns out she was a narcissist. Oh, wow. You know, and uh, I had a good friend um, who was a therapist and he always, he'd always tell me, he's like, girl's going to tell you what's wrong with him right away. Interesting. You know, and, uh, and then we had a great time. I thought we had, you know, I thought there was chemistry there and everything seemed right, you know, which, you know, kind of narcissists do, you know, and then that, and then after that, like, and the bill came out to be like, it was like a $200 date. Mm. And then she never talked to me again, mm-hmm. you know, and, it, and then I was just like, and then like, I was like, you know, I just felt shitty mm. for a while because of it, you know? And then I was like, man, this sucks. And then mm-hmm. I had another situation where I spent like, you know, over 200 on a day. And then, um, I, you know, we made out and everything at the end of the date and everything. And then like, next thing she's just like, Hey, you know, let's go shopping. And I was like, mm. well, I'm not going to take you on a shopping spree. You know, like whatever, you know, she's like, well, I thought, it, I was like, that's like a thing I do for my girlfriend. She's like, oh, well, you think I'm like, am I girlfriend material? You know, I was mm-hmm. like, dude, you're just trying to use me, mm-hmm. you know? And so what I've found is, um, first of all, spend what you're comfortable spending mm-hmm. and spend it for you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's definitely a lot of yeah. ways um, to, you know, you just plan what you want to do mm-hmm. and then you need to know when to stop, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously drinking for six hours is probably not a good investment, <laughs> you know, and I felt shitty for like seven days after that because I drank oh, so much. Okay. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess know what's right for you then, because I, I've had that experience and I felt great the next day. Yeah. It was a blast. And, yeah. and to be honest, it's not about the date. No, it's about whether or not you guys are interested in each other. Yeah. And then, you know, like I, um, yeah, you probably just felt shitty because it didn't go well at all at the end, and it was just well. I mean, it went well until until, the fa- until she ghosted me and right. then didn't talk to me anymore. You right. Know? And then, like you know, I met this other girl, and we essentially our first date was like we were like, "Hey, where do we want to go?" And she's like, "Well, I don't know. Let's just go to my place real quick and figure out where we want to go." So we went to her place. Then we were like, "Oh, where do we want to go?" So like, oh, well, we could just order in, you know, and then we just ended up ordering and hanging out and have a great time, you mm-hmm. know? And then we kind of like went real fast, right. To just like Netflix and chill, mm-hmm. you know, but it was like, but it, it was just, it was about us. It yeah. wasn't about what we were doing. Right. You know, it was about, you know, hanging out and yeah. being with each other, which is great. You know, felt like the right thing for you guys. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the thing to focus on really is just like meeting them. That's why I always say, try to get like, just try to go for smoothies and then, you know, see where it goes from there, mm-hmm. you know? And then, if it's going to continue, then it's fine. The biggest thing is don't be worried about how much money you're spending on them. Because the mm-hmm. biggest thing about if they're worried about how much money you're spending on them, they're not the person that, you mm-hmm. know, they're just going to use you for money, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? So 
Yeah, so absolutely. My biggest challenge is making sure I don't spend a lot of money <laughs> on myself when I'm out with these girls. You know, because this is like, hey, I like sushi. Let's go for sushi. I don't really care. You know, and then I end up spending lots of money and like mm-hmm. on these girls and then it doesn't go anywhere. And then I like, yeah. I'm just like, dude, this is a complete waste of money. Right, right. That's why I set a budget for myself. No, that's, that's really smart. Actually, I like that. And that's one of those things where it's like, you know, you just sort of learn as you go. I think that our culture would heavily benefit from maybe like dating classes or relational classes young, yeah. like, you know, middle school, high school age where- you know, it's not about, you know, how... But where are these dating experts? You know, the thing is, is I, that's why I, mainly I'm starting the podcast is so yeah, we no, can learn yeah. and we can, you know, have a, a form and a media, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, so we can like pool our knowledge and learn and, and people can listen to our experiences and listen to our stories, yeah. you know, and then we can like, you know, and hey, maybe down the road we can have classes and seminars or yeah, group events or everything like that, you know. There there are some out there. There's the Erotic Heritage Museum, which I know they, you know, teach classes and do um, meetups and, and they have events and things. And then there's tons of stuff online. I mean, you can look up basically anything you want to know online and probably find an expert on that topic, especially when it comes to dating and love and there's books and all this cool stuff. And I listened to a couple of favorites of mine for women. If you're wondering, uh, Matthew Hussey is amazing. He is fun to listen to and is really great advice and he's very level headed and he's got a book called how, well, he's got a few books, but I think the one he's most famous for was a New York, New York times bestseller. Uh, it was how to catch a guy and keep him, which is super valuable information because it's, I, I think most girls know how to get a guy's attention you know, to get them to pay attention to you. You can look your best and go out there and be flirty and fun. And, but then it's like, okay, well, what do you, what do you do if you want to keep them around? What, what then there's very diff, there's very stark differences in male psychology versus female psychology. So he teaches how to sort of understand the male psychology and what keeps a guy interested for a long period of time. So that's one that I like to listen to. And there's tons of information, but, and there are like classes and seminars now that they're just, they're all over the place. There's pickup artistry seminars right. and there's dating seminars. And I think even Tony Robbins, I think has dating advice out there. I'm sure I've listened to some of it. There's Ted talks. Right. Yeah. You know, so the information is out there and I really encourage everyone to, to, to seek that out because whatever you're sort of missing in your dating life can be, the information can be found and you don't have to like stumble your way through all of it. Cause I think all of us are just the lie is that someone knows exactly how to do this, right. but that person fumbled and stumbled and of course screwed up their way through the entire process until they got to a place where they go, okay. Yeah. Well, you listen to the origin story of any pickup artist, you know, oh, they're, yeah. they're going to be like, Oh, it's just oh, awful. I was the nerd. I was awful. the I no geek. Idea what I was Everyone doing. hated me. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then just yeah. like, yeah, I did like, honestly, like approach like thousands of women yeah. you know, before I got like yeah. good at it. Mm-hmm. And they gathered the information and it's like a science experiment. <laughs> That's how I look at my dating life is like one big crazy experiment. And it's, um, oh my God, I have like horror stories. My, you know, that toxic relationship was the worst horror story, but like, I actually have like funny, entertaining horror stories. Um, 
which we can get into at a later time. But it's just like, if you, if you approach it, I just like to approach it from as fun of a standpoint as I can, as I can get, if I'm not having fun with it, then I just back off and I go, I'm going to focus on every other aspect of my life that is making me feel good. And then maybe something will stick eventually. Um, which is where I'm at now, <laughs> where it's like, it's like a handful of spaghetti, you know, you just throw it at the wall and you see what sticks. Exactly. Is it, is it fine art or is it a mess of spaghetti on the wall? Like, I don't know. Um, that's where I'm at right now specifically as I'm not focusing on dating. I'm, I've taken the pressure off because I think I, I felt too much pressure for a while after meeting someone I was heavily interested in, in, um, those two gentlemen and then not being able to like find that again. And like, I, there was so much pressure on myself to like feel that and find that again. And that didn't work. So I've taken the pressure off and I'm just focusing on me and what I want in my life. Um, and right now that's cultivating all my different art forms that I'm interested in and career and money and like, how can I make my life more exciting? Just me. <laughs> it's funny you say this and it's like, <laughs> And from the guy's, you know, standpoint, you know, especially younger guys, it's just like, what, what, what is she talking about? Like, like I'm filled with nothing but hormones that tell me <laughs> to go sleep with everyone, you know? And, and she's like sitting there saying like, I'm just going to focus on me and not worry about it. And like, you know, oh, guys, okay. like, well, let me just, <laughs> let me just be very blunt and very honest. So am I, God damn, I'm filled with all those hormones too. Like that's okay. Let me just, I don't know if I can speak for all women, but I feel like I can speak for most women when I say we want the sex as much as you do. <laughs> We just don't want to feel used or shitty in the, I mean, right. some women want to feel Exploited, used. Some right. people, some people yeah. love that. They get off on that. And there's, that's the thing about our dating culture and our culture in general is there's so many differences. So when I say I'm focusing on me, of course, that thought is in the for not the background, the forefront of my mind of God damn it. Just want like someone to just bang all the time. because <laughs> I'm, I'm very much a very sexual person. And I, I love sex and I love talking about sex and I love having sex a lot. Um, but I'm at a place where I, I do have standards that I won't uh, yield. Quality over quantity. Absolutely. Uh, because quality just feels better than quantity. And so maybe that's a lesson that like anyone who's like hormone enraged feels right now to just learn to and I've appreciate quality. Yeah. And I've experienced this myself, you know, it's just like, you know, every guy, the whole goal is just to go out and just get laid. Just get However laid. they can, you know, <laughs> even if they got to pay for it or whatever, you know, just do it, you know? And the thing is, is like. Mm -hmm. And I have friends who, who live that lifestyle. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's just like, and then, and then. You get to the point, like I was at a point in my life where then I've experienced intimacy for like the first time, uh -huh. you know, yeah. and I was intimate with them and then yeah. you know, we made love and like, and had all that. And then mm -hmm. after that, I was just like, well, now I can never go back. You can't, you cannot go back once like, you experience that. I think that's the you know, key. And then, so the yeah. whole mechanical, you know, just, you know, like, just, like using a sex toy kind of like sex mm -hmm. was just like, well, that's not really it for me anymore. Now yeah. I want something more. And then. You know, and the older you get, you, you kind of get more refined, you know, mm -hmm. which is probably why it's harder to meet people. Oh, yeah. It's a lot harder. I think in that time period of those three years where I was just single and not caring about anything, really, I didn't need intimacy. And I 
I think I'd experienced it, but not on a romantic level really. Um, and vulnerability and all that. So I didn't need that. I wasn't craving that. And so the only cav, like the, the only standard I had was chemistry. Do we have chemistry? Are you not an asshole? Cool. Let's go. <laughs> like, that's all, that's all I cared about. Um, and those, you know, through my experiences, it's like now I, I just, you know, have, I need that. I need to feel like I can trust you and, um, you know, I can tell you things and, and come to you and, and talk to you, even if it's like a not attached, like strings, like relationship technicalities, whatever. Um, I do need to feel like, you know, you're kind of on my side. You're yeah. Not like you're at least, you know, you're in it with me, something to some level. It doesn't have to be like a hundred percent right now, but definitely have to feel that. Well, Kelly, it's been wonderful. It has been amazing. Let's do this again. Oh yeah. I'm and again, blast. and again, and again, and just <laughs> bang it out. Let's just, yeah, let's bang it out yeah. metaphorically. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if anybody wants to reach you, um, or, I mean, how, I mean, what do you want your public, you know, what do you want the public, your fan base to, you know, how do you want them to, to. Well, first of all, you. this is the the first time that I, anyone's told me that I had one. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess um, probably the safest way, since there are you know safety issues. No, just put your phone number out. Yeah, on. Just let totally. everybody just call you like right up. I am not on any <laughs> dating apps right now, but uh, my Instagram is at Kelly C A L I Kelly K E L L I E. D E E Callie Kelly D. You can find me that way. And so what is your occupation as of now? I am a, um, full-time gig artist right now. As I like to call it. <laughs> I decided that jobs were just horrible for my mental health and they totally just are. So I can't have jobs. Um, I've got gigs. I do production work, which I love. And I'll basically take anything that, you know, it pays well, sounds interesting, lasts for a week or two. <laughs> and then cool. I get to make connections. Um, I just worked a really, really awesome production where we were filming a world famous magician. And I'm so, I don't think I can talk about it any more than that right now. Right. So I, well, um, I just, I did yeah. something that is cool as well. And magic's yeah. very cool. That's so it was so cool. I have, that was the best experience I've had on like working production. It was incredible. Um, and I worked a new year's Eve gig, um, just being like atmosphere, but my main, main, main passion is film. I want to act. I'm actually on my way to an acting class after this. And, um, I, uh, I write screenplays and working on getting one out to market right now. Um, and then I've got one on right after that in line. Um, and so I'm just kind of on this adventure right now. I'm also um, this year decided since it's New Year's, I decided to stop um, sort of having tunnel vision about my dreams where it was like I was only focusing on acting and film all last year. And it really did get me to some good places. But this year I was like, you know what? I suffer when I don't also focus on dance and when I don't focus on music, I just miss them. Right. So this year it's just whatever dream it is, which I have like a ton, um, whether it's production or dance or music or acting or whatever, it's just do it to the fullest extent that I can. 
um, realistically without <laughs> ending up homeless <laughs> and, um, and just see what happens because that's like when I'm the most happy is like, okay, it's, it, I'm just like giving it my all, like everything that I love gets a hundred percent of my attention at some point. So that's what I'm doing right now. Well, thanks for joining us, Kelly. Thank and you. out there in for TV world. Yeah. Out there in Happy podcast. Life. <laughs> out there in podcast world. You guys will be listening to us soon. Yay. Right? All right. <laughs> all right. So if you like the show, you can visit our website at swipingvegas.com to get all our social media links. Follow us on Instagram at swipingvegas. Join us on our Discord with the link on the website. You can email me at tj at swipingvegas.com. And support us on Patreon forward slash swiping Vegas. This episode was published by Inclusive Sound, hosted, produced, and edited by TJ Hess. The music is provided by No Copyright Sounds. Thank you so much for listening.